We got like an hour. We have well, we we have fifty one minutes, <laughs> uh, and we also have uh, the whole crew except Amber. So, yeah. if you listen to the podcast, you know who that is. If you don't, that's Pat. He's waving. Yeah, great for this audio medium. Uh, <laughs> Allison. Hi. <laughs> Erica. Hello. I can see a cat in the background of Erica's video, so it's pretty good. Banana. No, it's a cat. And we have Alex. I didn't know we were starting yet. Hi. Yeah, I didn't well, know we were either. I figured let's just go for it. Because Alison has 50 minutes. We've lost 60 seconds in intros. I wasn't so, even going to ask you to do the full intro. There you go. Allison, what have you been playing this week? <laughs> Four more. Wow. <laughs> well, okay, we, we're turning over a new leaf since game. Well, you all mocked my hosting skills many years ago. <laughs> yeah, like 10 years ago. <laughs> 10 years ago, we mocked your hosting skills, and now it's a new leaf. Um, okay, so games that I've been playing. Uh, so like since... <laughs> Uh, I haven't yet, but you know, when it comes out on Switch, I will. Uh, so I so I took this uh, chance with Game of the Year being done to play some older games, just because I don't have to think about things that are coming out recently. Now that uh, we've set up our we've set our list in stone, so um, first one that I've been playing is the Ace Attorney trilogy. Uh, I started this when I was having surgery a while back, um, but I just finished the first game and I'm um, in the middle of the second one. And I'm actually planning on picking up um, the other games in the series on the Nintendo eShop sale. So uh, buying some new games for my uh, 2DS, which is great. Um, but those games are really good. And I, I was talking to my sibling last night about how I have this weird love for games that are like visual novels, but involve some sort of puzzle solving as well. Um, and so Ace Attorney is kind of the, kind of what got me kicked off on that, um, playing that. And I, I still love these games, even though I, I, at the point, I'm at the point where I'm replaying them and I go, Oh yeah, I know, I know what's what uh, clue to use right here. Cause I've, uh, cause I've played it before. <laughs> um, and I've also played some of Katamari Damacy Reroll, which has been fun. It's basically just the first game remastered on Switch. Um, while I'm playing it on Switch, uh, and it's it's a I, I love that game. It's one of my favorites, so it's been really fun to replay. But uh, if you're hoping for new stuff from Reroll, it is there's nothing from what I've seen. So um, it, it is like. You want to play the first Katamari Damacy? Uh, yeah, then then that's what you'll play. Uh, and also, quick, uh, I, I'm uh, pulling a pat and talking about a card game, which I played the Binding of Isaac card game uh, last night, um, and it was really really fun. I don't have a lot of uh, as much board game or card game knowledge, but uh, it it was it was it was not. It was different enough from the actual video game that I was surprised, and it, it allowed for a lot of. It, it simultaneously allowed for a lot of strategy, but also a lot of like options where you can completely change stuff around right away. So there's a lot of it was. It felt like a very solid balance of randomness and strategy, and just kind of chaos. Like there was one item where I was just like, "I'm going to make you completely re-roll your entire character right now, basically." Mm -hmm. and, and there's there's a lot of stuff like that, so it's uh, it's uh, definitely an interesting one if you're into card games. But I'm a big uh, Binding of Isaac fan, so this was very it was very fun. How much poop is in it? 
uh, well, I, I, when I came across the poop card, I definitely was like, I need to send a picture because I feel like Alex should know that this exists. Not as much <laughs> as in the video game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know, that's, that's kind of to be expected, but it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because it's, it's adapting a lot of, uh, items and monsters from the game into, cards uh to be played with the card game so it's kind of interesting to see how they adapted it and how they went from uh okay this is going to be an enemy to this is going to be or in the game to this is an enemy in the card game and uh how do they kind of imply how this uh, enemy worked in the video game and i think they did a pretty good job of it how how many players is it because the the original game is obviously just one uh, it's two to four, I think. Um, I feel like it says two to four. I feel like you could probably fit in more because there's more characters, but I'm not 100%. Um, I just played it with two last night with um, me and my sibling, but I'm hopefully can find some time where I can play it with more people and see how playing it with a larger group would be. It looks interesting. It looks like it. Do you like flip a monster every turn and then you have to fight it? Is that the, the, uh, no, you actually constantly have like a couple spaces open for monsters. Like you start with two spaces and then you can like, we, we were able to expand it. So we had three spaces. And so you can, you don't have to fight a monster every turn, but you can choose to say, I'm going to fight a monster or I'm going to, um, uh, fight one of the monsters that are up or you can do the top of the deck so you can just fight a random monster if you choose which can be good or bad depending uh, yeah. and then or you can just say uh, not not this turn and just try to yeah. one of the, the this is going to alienate um, people from me some people <laughs> but one of my least favorite uh, games that exists in any medium is the game Munchkin um, I mm -hmm. hate that game I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, <laughs> it takes all that is good in the world of card games and makes me hate it. Uh, so um, look, based on the video that we're putting up now, this looks like a much more enjoyable kind of uh, card game sort of in that vein, in that in Munchkin, you're also collecting treasure basically that is making you stronger to use to fight monsters. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, any game that does that better than Munchkin is a win in my book. Uh, <laughs> um, the other game I would recommend if you like that kind of style of card game is uh, Bloodborne's card game. The Bloodborne card mm -hmm. game is really cool. You need at least three people to play it. But the thing I love about the Bloodborne card game is that you're, you're competing to be the best hunter, but you can't fight each other. Um, but at the same time, you everyone kind of at the takes a uh, picks the card they're going to use to fight the current monster secretly, and then you flip it at the same time, and it's different kinds of weapons and equipment. So you can you can kind of screw everybody over by saying like, "Nope, I'm not. I'm just I'm not getting in on this one." And then everybody else takes damage from the monster, and you don't but then you also aren't getting uh, rewards from fighting it. So I don't know. It's an interesting mm -hmm. game. And Binding of Isaac, the card game, looks looks very good. My biggest problem with the video game has always been that the art style just is a big turnoff for me. Right, um, yeah. I think it's really well designed. It's really just the art style. So that would be a hurdle for me in the card game, but I would absolutely give it a shot because the mechanics look really solid. Right, and it's one of those things where, like, it, it is the art. The art style is definitely there because it's all in, on each of the cards, right. obviously. Yeah. But, um, but I, I feel like I, I'd be interested to see if you could still kind of stomach it based off that, just because there's just by the virtue of you don't have to. The thing's animated, obviously, and you're not wandering through a dungeon that's full of uh, disgusting stuff. Yeah. I could I could put up with a lot for uh, good mechanics. There's a, a similar card game called Warhammer Quest that came out a couple, few, several years ago now. Fantasy Flight did. Their partnership with Warhammer went under, so the person that designed the mechanics for it licensed the mechanics to this online Twitter account guy that does Twitter jokes and art. And it was not. It's all like very, very toilety humor about like Game of Thrones and stuff. It was oh. not. 
was not good. Uh, the game was called Epic AF. Um, that tells you some of the tone that we're talking about. And I still back that yeah. Kickstarter because I love the mechanics of the game so much. So I can put up with some pretty shitty theme if the game is really good. Thankfully, the end of that story is that Kickstarter, this part is not thankful. I don't, not happy for people stuff failing, but the Kickstarter failed sadly, but then the designer was able to take it to fantasy flight and they redid it with non Warhammer, uh, with their j- sort of in-house fantasy IP. So, well, if it helps, uh, this conversation has really helped me with my Secret Santa gift for you, Pat. So I've just put in a quick order. Oh, God. If you, there's, there's <laughs> nothing. That's like, oh. That's, that's, that's my way of, that's way my, my way of alienating the other, I don't know, maybe the Munchkin people are the same as the Rick and Morty people. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't like Rick and Morty either. But <laughs> I'm not saying you're bad if you like Munchkin or Rick and Morty. They're just not for me. But, but he, that's exactly what he's saying, is that you're bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of bad, Alison, now, in Bonnie Wysik, there's a lot of themes. Are those themes carried across to the pop, to the uh, card game? Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't... Mother and child uh, there... abortion stuff going on. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of that yet, but granted, there are a whole lot of cards. So it's it's one of those things where like there's like we played a full game and the the game um, like our game lasted like it, it, they say thirty to sixty minutes, but ours, ours lasted like over an hour, and I still feel like we only saw like a handful of the cards. So it could be there's more. However, it does it does on several of the cards that don't need as much text, they just like fit in the weirdest Bible verses on there. And it's kind of so kind of fits that little kind of uh kind of biblical theme that they sometimes throw into the binding of Isaac. So mm-hmm. it, it, it just it was kind of fun to just read some of them and be like, what what are you putting on these cards? It's a weird thing with card and board games that emulate like that come from specific source material oftentimes the message of that source material is lost in translation it's definitely true the bloodborne card game i won't for anyone who hasn't played it i won't spoil it but bloodborne has some really interesting themes um deep deeper in that game as to your the nature of who your character is um and all of that is completely lost on the card game (laughs) it is just kill monsters um that tends to happen a lot when uh heavier theme uh, other stuff, comic books, video games, whatever, gets translated to board and card games. There's like a This War of Mine board game, I th- think, that I've always wanted to check out because I've been curious if they've been able to translate the themes of that game to a board game. Okay. Speaking of translating, uh, Alex, you've been watching an anime? I have. I, I have been doing this. Uh, Dubs or subs? Dubs, of course. Uh, dubs. I like dubs. You're on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I finally changed over. I used to not like subs at all, but it sounds better. It does. <laughs> I will watch subs, but like, if there's a good dub available, there is zero percent chance of me watching. I think. Uh, that, I think there are good dubs, the, especially the Ghibli dubs. Those are really good. Yeah. Attack on Titan's great. Yeah, I don't know. I find it weird when you got people in English identifying people as Chan or Kuhn and stuff like that. It's bizarre. That's kind yeah. of why the, I just uh, supported a Kickstarter to get a dub for uh, one of my favorite anime, or my favorite anime, which is uh, Emma, A Victorian Romance. And it is... Oh, yeah. And it's I love that show and I love the manga and it's one of those things where it's like this is set in the UK you'd think that you'd want a dub and that would make the most sense yeah. but they're only just getting it now so. Jap- Japanese Europe is its own thing but yeah no I've been so I've been watching Sword Art Online yeah, yeah, that's a good show. So no, it isn't. Um, not the original oh, no. show. The original show is terrible. So let me tell you my my history with this series. Uh, the original show uh, I watched probably in like 2011 ish, maybe 2012. I can't remember. Uh, 
because my friends and I were bored in college and we're like, eh, we've heard people talking about this show. Let's check it out. So we watched it and the first half was interesting. Like it was a really, really interesting concept executed extremely poorly. (laughs) And then the second half was just hot ass. Like it was just terrible. Like, Oh, it was so bad. Like, (laughs) and then in 2014, uh, the second season came out and people were like, Oh, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. So I did, I watched it as it was airing and then got to the end of episode 14, which is the end of the first arc. And I was like, that was okay. And then I dropped it. I was just like, I'm not even going to finish this season because it doesn't seem worth it. Doo (laughs) doo. Yeah. It's hot doo doo. It's like, I I went back and looked at how I rated it. Like this first season, I rated a five and the second season I rated a six upon dropping like out of of 10 because it's fucking terrible. (laughs) Like the themes are so like the writing average to me. the, 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 The writing is so bad. Like it, it just falls back on such terrible tropes like harem stuff and like it's really weirdly rapey and like it's not mm. good like it's <laughs> i don't know there's like multiple incest storylines aren't there oh yes yeah. there's multiple oh yeah like it's it's just not good like yeah. it was written in oh. 2001 and you can tell uh so i dropped it in 2014 and i was like yeah i'm done with this and then so i still frequent online boards and stuff like that uh for anime and people keep talking about the new season that's airing right now being like yeah so this secretly might be really good (laughs) and i was like i don't believe you i've seen the rest of sword art that's a lie (laughs) and then the like i've been watching that week by week and then people were saying when episode 11 or no episode 10 had aired like this is kind of like made in abyss and i was like what <laughs> what the fuck is <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> so i was like okay okay fine i'll watch it what is what is this so um i went back and uh kind of finished the second season because i was like well if it's the third season probably need that continuity and surprisingly the the rest of the uh, second season was actually really good <laughs> Uh, like it had a little two or three episode arc that was kind of shitty, but its last arc was actually really like heartfelt and interesting and had a strong female protagonist, like for 80 to 90% of it. And like, I was like, Oh, huh. Four years later, that's actually all right. And then started watching this new season and yo, it's actually really good. (laughs) Like, it's like, I would say it's actually like nine out of 10, 10 out of 10. Good. Like the writing is good. The, the action is good. Like it's animated extremely well. The story is super interesting. The characters are good. Like I was caught really off guard. I was like, what the fuck? Why is this show good? <laughs> and I could see it's the like made in abyss. Yeah, yeah. I could see the made in abyss thing because like it's very adventure and there's like a body horror <laughs> scene with like lots of blood and like, like limbs being cut off with lots, lots of like graphic detail and stuff like that. I was like, Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, uh, that show's surprisingly good and I'm going to continue it. So like, yeah, as someone who thought the original show was hot ass and terrible and not worth your time, this is actually really good. Um, I like that in the new setup where we're using zoom, you can see everyone's camera because when you said body horror, Pat started paying attention to the camera again. <laughs> What actually, what actually happened was my coffee machine made a bunch of noise and I was like, what is it doing? Please stop. Please stop making noise. And then it just so happened that it's not body horror, but that's still on brand for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so somebody who actually liked the first season of Sora Online, I should probably watch this, right? Uh, I would say finish the second season if you haven't, because there is they do a lot of callbacks. Like without, and it'll make you not like Sword Art Online anymore. Yeah. <laughs> second season, the gun one. Yes. Gun Online. Yeah. Because it felt like season one was actually two seasons because there's a like definitive stop point in the middle. Yeah, you, that show is so bad. It's It has such a good concept. And it's like, oh, man, <laughs> this like, oh, you're trapped in an MMO and like you're going to die. Cool. It, th- that should take up the whole season. But no, they wrap it up by episode 12. <laughs> It's the thing about sword art that pissed me off is my friends got really excited about it. Uh, and I guess I don't know which, which happens when, uh, or like which came out when, but, uh, I know in our timeline, my friends got really excited about it and got really excited about like 
this unique, interesting, cool new thing. Uh, it looks like it does actually predate it, but I was really into dot hack, uh, oh, yeah. when that came over and it looks like dot hack came out in 2002. So it's actually a year behind sword art, mm-hmm. but all of my friends were talking about how fantastic sword art was when it first came out. And I was like, y'all, this is bad. Dot hack is actually good. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, also, I feel like they've really missed the bullet by not calling it Gun Online for season two. It's so like, close, though. It's Gun Gale Online. It's yeah, so it's, it's sort of online too. Gun Gale Online. See, or if it had been, if it had been based on Guns the Duel, then I would have totally been all over it. Yeah, I know it's really good though. Um, also, I played. I've been playing one game that I think will appeal to Erica and probably everyone else to a lesser degree. Uh, it's called Simon's Cat Pop Time. So if you're familiar with the webcomic slash video series Simon's Cat, it's that um, that IP, but with like uh, puzzle bobble slash like uh, Candy Crush kind of stuff, but like with really good mechanics and the free to play is not very obtrusive. So if you're bored and want a phone game, I would say Simon's Cat Pop Time is actually really good. Downloading it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Erica is always bored and always wants a phone game. Yeah. Like it has a couple free not wrong. that are like it has a couple like stoppers that are kind of bleh, but like they're it's not that bad. It's it's fun. I bought Twinfold and I feel like I'm not allowed to buy any other mobile games or play any other mobile games until I play the one that I purchased with real money. I have weird feelings about Twinfold. We could talk about it sometime. Uh, I played like 20 minutes of it and I was like, mm, I don't think I actually like it. Yeah, it might be where I'm at. I played like a half hour of it around the same amount of time. I don't know that I like it either. <laughs> uh, but something that I do like is talking about video games. Uh, Erica, have you been playing anything this week? Um, so I woke up this morning to a message that we were moving this podcast by like a whole bunch of hours. So I was like, oh, I gotta play a video game. <laughs> So I it's played impressive me- that you woke up in time for it, given that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wake up early, thankfully. Um, but I I played about an hour of Dusk. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, a little less than an hour. I kind of went the opposite route of Allison and decided to play something new because apparently December's been a really good new, uh, month for video games. So, um, But yeah, it's really good (laughs) it's um it's very much it's a it's a first person shooter very much in the style of like quake and doom and things like that but i don't have a ton of experience with those so i'm probably the worst person on this podcast to be talking about it but i'm gonna talk about it anyway (laughs) so it's it's I've seen like a lot of people comparing it to Redneck Rampage, but I know nothing about that really? at all. That game so, is weird. <laughs> yeah. Dusk is weird. <laughs> Dusk is, is weird. Um, I, I'm very, very early into it. Um, but it seems like everything's kind of possessed by demons and you're kind of just killing everything. And what's cool about it is, uh, or so far anyway, I, I've been liking the level design. I've talked to uh, my husband about it, who has beat the game already. And he says that like, it gets crazy with the level design and that's what makes this game good. Um, I'm, so I'm looking forward to seeing how, how crazy it goes. <laughs> um, the soundtrack is like a really excellent metal soundtrack. I don't care for metal at all. And I'm really hot on it anyway. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know. It's, it's cool. It's, it looks like, you know, those games, it looks like a quake. It looks like a doom and it's, but it's super fun to play. And it's like, it feels nice. <laughs> I was surprised that that game was made in unity. Like yeah. kind, of, kind of similar to uh uh Oberdin. Like they wrote all their own shaders to make it look like that the old school <laughs> yeah. style. Cause it's super, super, super quake. Like it, like it, the feel is there even, mm-hmm. which it's it, it's impressive that they were able to recreate that in Unity. I mean, it doesn't feel like it was made in the Quake engine necessarily, but it's as close to that as you can get without being there. Uh it's super 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 cool it's the beginning of that game is like so good too because you start it and it's like i forgot what it says like kill your captors or something like that yeah something like that 
and you just have these two like sickle things and there's three guys coming at you with chainsaws and you just have to circle strafe around them and pack them to death with sickles and it takes a long time <laughs> it takes forever. <laughs> i was like oh no is this what this whole game is <laughs> then you pick up a gun and you start shooting people and it's a, it's it's very enjoyable yeah. i really like how claustrophobic some of the environments are yeah definitely like, you, some of them are def- really tight yeah and and you, the first level you're in like fields in and and farmhouses and the houses are built like houses. They're not like, like in early Doom, and it's understandable why. And in like Wolfenstein and Wolf 3D and stuff, the and even in Quake, um, the the rooms are kind of like you go into them, and they're way bigger than a real room would be because it's a video game and like everything's scaled weird. Mm-hmm. But in this game, it's like when you're walking around the houses, it's like nope there's no room when a guy comes running down the hallway with a chainsaw at you, he's like right there and it feels like it's the scale of a real, real, real place. Um, that kind of goes out the window later on because you go to some very not real places, (laughs) but, (laughs) uh, but yeah, it's, that game is super cool. The enemy design, the placements, the level design, it's all just super good. Yeah. Like the last level I played right before I got on here, I remember thinking it was like, extremely claustrophobic and i didn't realize it until i had like a horde of like possessed rats coming at my feet and like there was just like a ton of them and there was just kind of nowhere for me to go and they can go upstairs so you can't like go up somewhere high and then shoot down or anything because there's kind of nowhere to go and so you're just like running around in like the smallest circle <laughs> trying to get away from them and shoot behind you i guess <laughs> but, mm-hmm. The other thing I really like about this game that like um, is that it, there's a lot of uh, there's varying difficulty levels. Like I don't I don't it's the end of the year. I'm tired. I don't want to play a super hard game right now. <laughs> so I you know I have the option, and it doesn't make fun of you for it. Like like one of my favorite games last year was Wolfenstein Two, but I was like annoyed that if i wanted to play it on easy they're gonna put like a pacifier in my mouth and make me feel bad about it you know <laughs> like like but this one it like they call like their easiest mode accessible and i think i played it on yeah. like like the second easiest which i think was like go easy or something and it was actually maybe a little too easy like i might bump it up a little bit but um yeah i think just the i think it's i'm pretty sure it's still the same game it's just more they drop more health all the time but, cool. Yeah, it's a good game. You guys should play it. The game has. Alex, bats. you shouldn't play it. Alex, you should super not play it. Why? I heard some things about what's coming, and it's you're not gonna like the themes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I love Quake. <laughs> then play it. <laughs> but just. I mean, it's a cosmic horror game. Let's. That's not. You can yeah. see that on the Steam page. If the stuff that's on the Steam page doesn't bother you, then. Yeah, uh, you'll be fine, I think. But okay. it's definitely got like cosmic horror elements where you're dealing with ancient deities and stuff. Mm. Uh, but but I'm just saying, if you were maybe bothered by Oberdin, I wasn't bothered. I was just rolling my eyes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I this think... game is less story focused. <laughs> yeah, definitely. yeah, it is. <laughs> then you should play it. What you been playing then, Um. Well, I played. I played kind of a smorgasbord of the stuff that's come out this month because I bought Dusk because um, I knew I wanted to play that, and it was on launch sale. Um, and then I have Game Pass, so I touched on like Mutant Year Zero and Ashen and Below, which are all really cool uh, in different ways. But the thing that I spent the most time on this week was uh, earlier in the year I started playing um, Fire Emblem for Game Boy advanced the first one um i actually started it kind of hot on the heels in january of our game of the year discussions because we talked uh about fire emblem warriors a lot around that time because uh, sam was a big fan of Very it good video game. yeah and i kind of rather than run out and play that specific game the conversation got me thinking like i should really play fire emblem because I don't know how I went through my life not knowing this, but I wasn't aware that intelligent systems did both fire emblem and advance wars. So I've basically been crowing about getting a new advance wars since like 
the DS launched, um, the original DS launched. Uh, and, um, I had no idea that like I've, I spent all that time going, what is that team doing? Did they just disappear? I did not realize that they were the same developers as Advance wars, which kind of comes from the fact that Nintendo's, uh, studios sort of, it says their name on their games, but it's not like other, uh, it's not like Sony and Microsoft where they get their studio branding out there in the same ways. Um, but I finally learned that that was the case and decided that I should definitely play them then. And I've been, uh, enjoying, I enjoyed the first, whatever, 23 hours of that game earlier in the year and then finished it this week. Um, that game's really good. It still holds up. Um, I played it. Uh, I emulated it, uh, just because I don't, didn't want to dig out my hard. Well, I think my hardware is with my mother. I've owned that game in the past, even though I never really played it. Cause I used to get loads of cartridges at GameStop near the tail end of the Game Boy Advance's lifetime. Um, but the nice thing about emulating it as a first time, as a first fire emblem game to play is that you can heavily utilize safe states, uh, which, uh, as, as I understand it from all the people that are big time fire emblem players that I've run into pretty much everybody saves scums in those games anyway, because they're so that they put so much character into each of the characters. So them dying is rough. And then also um, specifically with that game, I don't know how much this changes in the later games, but like you don't get that many units. So if one of them dies, you could be totally screwed for a later level. And there's no way to like fix it after you've moved past the mission. So with save states, it allows you to like really, really try dumb stuff just to see how it goes and really understand the systems, which is pretty neat. Um, but, uh, but I really like the way that that game, uh, I liked f- given that it was a game boy advance game uh, from a while ago, I really liked the story in it. I thought it was impressive compared to other stuff from the time. Um, and then just the gameplay is very satisfying and it's very, uh, it falls into the trap that some tactics games now still fall into where later in the game, you have to, you have to solve the puzzle of how do I kill this thing in one turn? Because if it gets a turn, it will kill me. And I'm talking with like maxed out high end characters. Even there are some bosses in that game that will kill them in one hit. So that that can be a little bit frustrating at times because it's like, okay, I guess I have to use a ranged, a ranged unit on them because there's no way to really grind out specific stats. Like, uh, you know, if you want to, if you're fighting a magic user, you kind of have to do very, use very specific characters on them because you need characters with a high resistance stat, etc. So sometimes that can be a little tedious, but otherwise, uh, that's a, awesome game and i highly recommend checking it out um i've I kind of actually already started finished that and then started uh the sacred stones which is the second game boy advance one um but if anyone's interested in fire emblem and has always been like ah it's too daunting there's too much to play which is where i was at there's a phenomenal if you just google um what fire emblem game should should i play first or something to that effect you'll get a reddit thread that'll pop up that has a really 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 good guide to where every fire emblem game sits in their different storylines. There's like four different main stories, um, that each have like one, two, four games associated with them. So there's a lot of very good jumping on points. Um, like shadow dragon for the DS is good because it's a remake of the very first one, but it's hard fire emblem seven, the game boy one, uh, that I played is, very good because it's the first western release and um it's very beginner friendly but that's part of just like a two-part series the second part was never released in the west um the 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 second gba game is kind of its own standalone thing uh and then there's like the the faith series and um it's interesting how they all tie together so that was the main thing that uh i played and allison you played you you like fire emblem games yeah 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 and i think i honestly think that like I don't I feel like they're all fairly relatively accessible, especially the ones that have gotten releases, like, you know, pretty publicized releases here. So I do think I really liked the first two um, Game Boy Advance ones. Um, I I think those are both really good. Uh, But then also I feel like Awakening and Fates are both really good. And I haven't played a, a whole bunch of other ones, but. 
I, I think it's real. I think they're accessible and they're, they're very fun. And I, I'm with you on the saves coming and the, well, I lost a character time to reset the entire thing. And that, <laughs> that for me is fire emblem. And so now, in, uh, but now in later games, you can, they have an option where you can play it so that it, you get all your characters back at the end of the game. But for me, I'm like, no, that's not oh, fire. Emblem. <laughs> How about yeah, that's, that's not the, fire. Emblem for me. I have to like, be able to like, you want to be able to like physically reset the, <laughs> the thing. Yes. It's like part of reset the, the yeah. console so that I can uh, then start a whole new battle. And it's like, it's annoying, but that's for me what fire emblem is. But if it's, if that's not for you, then um, like awakening and fates is a little bit more accessible. I will say it's there's a I was surprised the the ending of that game is long. It's like thirty minutes long. Uh to like when you from when you kill the last boss to when it says Finn on the screen and you don't have to look at anything else. Because it's like there's like ten minutes of talking after you beat the boss, then five minutes of cutscene and then an epilogue that sets up this the game that it is a prequel to that never came out here. Uh and by the end of it, I was like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> I've been watching people talk. It was one thing on my computer screen. And then the, in the like cut scene parts, you can't advance the dialogue by pressing a, you just have to let them go. Yeah. <laughs> it takes forever. And I was just sitting here like, Oh my God, if I was playing this on game boy, imagine if you were on the train or something. <laughs> <laughs> get off the train uh but it's a good game yeah go back i, I mean play. i play i played it on og game boy which had zero light so yeah <laughs> imagine that <laughs> man you just blew my mind pat with what? saying it said finn now like as a french person i'm like oh wait so when the end of a movie or something comes up do you just picture like dolphin fins or like well, no, I mean, I just know what the word means. Yeah. <laughs> and in this case, I didn't mean that as a, that's how I think of everything. This does fire emblem does say Finn in the corner when it's all done and there's nothing less for you to watch. Uh, <laughs> that is it's kill screen as it were. Uh, that's great. but, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've always just known what Finn means. I'm sure there's people out there that don't, Someone listens to this podcast guy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll also say uh, very briefly um, that Below is very cool. Um, I would I would recommend against it unless you are looking for what it very specifically does, which is give you a weird roguelike with lots of mysterious stuff and zero explanation as to how to play it. Um, I played it for like six hours at least over last weekend and was like super, 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 super all the way in. And then, um, I died on a pretty deep level for where I was at level six, which is not that deep in the whole game, but it was the deepest that I gotten. I died cause, uh, a weird, scary looking monster thing came out of the dark and like waving its arms and screaming at me. And, uh, <laughs> it killed me in like two hits and, um, I didn't know what was happening. And then, uh, so like my dead body was sitting on floor six and I was like, Oh God. Okay. So it had like a full inventory of stuff. So I got to go get it. Um, and I got to be very careful. And then on floor two, I stepped on a spike track and trap and died. So everything that I had on my floor six body went away. Um, and I was incredibly frustrated. So I just kind of put it down and haven't gone back yet. So that aspect is definitely there and you should go in expecting that. Um, and it's an interesting conundrum because, you need to be very well equipped to stab at deeper floors in the dungeon. But when I do think my biggest criticism of it is that when you do die, you have to go get not only your body, but your lantern and the lantern is really the thing that helps you to not do things like step on spike traps. Um, and it does kind of suck to play without the lantern. It's like, you have torches you can use, but the lantern gives traps and stuff a red outline, whereas the torches mm. don't, they just light up the area. So you still have to like identify that that's spike trap. So when you play with the torches, you still have to move at a snail's pace. And it is a little frustrating. I do kind of wish that they didn't take the lantern from you when you died and just your stuff. Um, Cause that doesn't feel significant on the early levels, but when you get further down, like to get back without the lantern is hell. But uh, 
but otherwise, uh, it, that that game is really cool. I think it controls and feels really, really good. I think the character feels good enough to control that, even though the enemies are kind of samey until you get deeper down, um, it, it works. And I recommend it for anybody that is really into roguelikes in general. Okay. Um, so uh, this week I have mostly been playing um, a couple of Sega produced video games. Um, Valkyria Chronicles 4, which I'm currently playing for review, uh, I put it to one side for Game of the Year, so it's nice to pick that back up. I played about four hours this morning, so uh, I'm yeah, I'm really enjoying where I'm getting to it. The conversations are good, the characters are really good, um, and uh, I think it's a more interesting story maybe than the first Valkyria Chronicles. So the first one is all kind of like, ooh, the mysterious Imperial War Machine has like magic troopers and like there's maybe some sort of god involved and like things like that. Whereas this one is like, that's like super, super. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, This one is like, okay, you guys are the best units come out of the military training school for teenagers that exists in... Japanese Europe, and uh, you are going to go behind enemy lines with a whole big army and uh, try and hit their capital to stop them, to get them to bring their troops out of the country they're invading. So in the first game, you're protecting the country that's being invaded. And then in the second, in this game, in four, it's set at the exact same time, and you're on this parallel mission that's trying to save the characters from the first game, almost. Um, all the characters are super interesting. Um, there's been a little bit of anime lecherousness, but only from one character, and he's constantly physically abused for it. <laughs> so there's a bit where he tries to touch a woman's butt, and she just knocks him out. And, like, he's meant to be the hard-ass, big, rough-and-tough soldier. And also, they play into the fact that they, a lot of them know each other from their childhood. And uh, he used to bully his commanding officer as a child. To the point which he bullied him so much, he joined the army. Uh, so, some interesting stuff. Uh, I really like a couple of the minor characters maybe more than the main characters. There's a doctor who's obsessed with dissecting people and really wants to dissect a person, uh, but she's been conscripted into the army as a scout. And anytime she gets like near a dead body, or like anytime she kills someone and then goes in for like, or like shoots someone up close, she's like, dissection opportunity flashes up on screen as like one of her <laughs> random abilities. Weird. <laughs> And there's a guy called um, Jester who just loves gambling, but is really bad at it. And he has a whole gambling side story where the crazy doctor and the guy who's trying to write a novel convince him to sell one of his organs to pay his gambling debts. And then, like, they're like, yeah, well, you know, we'll take some more organs while we're in there. That'll just cover all your debts. And he's like, no, no. And he runs off into a battle and then a battle starts. Uh, it's really stupid. Uh, but yeah, they will have like, there's a character also called Gene Matrix. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> uh, she's a Lancer and she has a giant rocket launcher that's taller than she is. Sure. And uh, like waist-length dreadlocks. And she just like, rolls around this field with this giant thing and when she kills stuff she does like super typical generic American military stuff like go hoorah and <laughs> nail. Wow. Uh, so I think that she's a commando reference um, yeah so there's a lot a lot of personality in all these extremely minor characters um, which is really cool it's very very similar to Fire Emblem in that way um, something that I don't remember at all from the first Valkyria Chronicles like I remember the two main characters in that game and that's it whereas like the main character in this game is semi-forgettable apart from the fact that his name is Claude uh, 
Yeah, also, I've been playing this other small game that I don't think any of you guys have heard of. It's called uh, a Yakuza 6. <laughs> don't, know. don't know what that is. What? Uh, yeah. The second best That's game only- of 2018. So, I mean, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that when I finished it. I'm only on, like, chapter three or four or something at the moment. Um, I just met the new Tojo clan guys uh, and White Suit Man, who is, like, shady as fuck. Uh, so... Uh, I'm going to carry on playing that game. Uh, Varicode Chronicles has to take precedent because the review's kind of coming up due at some point soon. Sure. I wanted to get a few hours under my belt this week while I had a lot of free time. But also, how many minutes have we got? We've got six minutes left of our one-hour podcast. Um, <laughs> I have been reading some comics, and I want to talk about them extremely briefly because this isn't a comic book podcast. Um, it's not an anime podcast either. <laughs> Uh, so there is a kind of an independent publisher so independent in terms of comics industry means not Marvel not DC Um, so there's an independent publisher called Valiant Uh, they used to be owned by Acclaim so that's a fun uh, video game link there you go you can talk about it on the show then (laughs) yeah exactly but Acclaim Um, is terrible (laughs) Are the comics good? Yeah. <laughs> the comics are extremely good. Okay. So Acclaim, basically, the reason that Acclaim bought them was that they used to do all the um, comics for the WWE and all of Acclaim's video games. So if Acclaim made a video game, Valiant would do like a tie-in comic for it. They had a okay. long-standing contract. And Acclaim were like, why are we paying them money for this when we can just buy them because we've got loads of money. And then Acclaim massively went under and the roughly around the same time the speculator boom busted for comic books so valiant died in the mid 90s and they were revived in i think 2012 yeah 2012 they were revived so they came out and they were like we're gonna do character first comics we're gonna pick only like really good writers that we're like we've got faith in and we're going to have consistent art and writing teams which is something you kind of don't get as much in comics um so they brought out a few to start with exo man of war which is what if conan the barbarian was iron man what if (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's pretty good uh harbinger which is like is kind of like x-men but like you have like in order to be a mutant you have to be way more fucked up uh you have to have something extremely extremely horrible happen to you in 90 percent of cases um and it's like a teen book where this like this guy he's like incredibly super powerful and he's recruited by this kind of shadowy organization they're like yeah, you know, we'll train you up, we'll teach you how to be a superhero, you'll go save the world. And then he finds out that actually the shadow organization is evil and they're trying to become, they're trying to take over the world, not save it. So that's pretty cool. There's a comic that called Bloodshot, which is basically what if Wolverine was also the Punisher. Uh, what if? That's pretty good. It, Wolverine kind of is the Punisher, though. Yeah. But like, it's basically it's this guy. Um, oh, also, what if both of those characters were Robocop? <laughs> what if? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's an extremely cool concept for a comic. But basically, this guy is an artificially created like robot person. And um, they, the government would send him out to do rough shit and implant memories in him of having a wife and child so that he would want he would have a reason to want to do awful stuff. And um, one day he's like, wait a second, this, these wife and children aren't real. And like goes on the run and tries to like find out who he is and what's going on and whether he ever was a real person. So um, it's also total recall. Kind of. Yeah. It's pretty good. So uh, it's the weakest of the ones that I've read, but even that is still like, pretty high quality so they watched a bunch of arnold schwarzenegger movies and like yeah let's do this (laughs) yeah it's very like violence fun 
action porn, like a lot of cool shit happens. Uh, cool shit with like capital C, capital S. With a trademark sure. logo at the end. Yeah. Sick. Uh, then probably Archer and Armstrong, which I feel like is the most, like that's the one that would probably appeal to most of the people here. Archer and Armstrong are a, um, uh, so Archer to start with the first character is, was raised in a creationist theme park by fundamentalist Christian right uh, whack jobs, one of which is a senator and one of which is a reverend. Uh, and he was raised along with 20 adopted brothers and sisters. He's, you know, he doesn't swear, he doesn't drink, he doesn't believe in premarital sex. Uh, he was taught always to do the right thing, to open doors for people, and also to murder, because all of them were taught to be super assassins. To, and they were all trained from birth to kill this one person as an immortal man who they call he who shall not be named. And that character is Armstrong, the other character in the book. Armstrong is an immortal man who's like 11,000 years old. Uh, he, he was one of three immortal brothers. The other two are like, one like travels through time, trying to fix time. The other one is like, this super warrior that protects the earth and Armstrong's like, well, I didn't actually have a mission or anything I wanted to do. So he just parties for like 10,000 years, just gets really drunk all the time and starts fights and has a lot of sex. And uh, so he's the exact opposite of Archer. And it's like Archer goes to find and kill him and like, Armstrong's like, oh, you think I'm evil? Let me tell you about your parents. And then they team up to take his parents down. <laughs> you know what this sounds uh, like? It sounds like, I don't know, this will be weird, but it sounds like um, the second Tomb Raider game, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I have not seen that. If any of you guys played that. Uh, watch that, you wouldn't play that. Uh, it's, cool. it's, yeah, it's super weird. It's basically like... Uh, every conspiracy theory, like every popular conspiracy theory is true and Armstrong knows about it because he was there and they're like going through all of them. So like there's one whole section where they go to Area 51 and they see a grey alien walking around and Armstrong just punches <laughs> it in the face. <laughs> it's very, very weird and over the top and like it's intentionally a comedy but it does have some really good story beats. So yeah, Archer and Armstrong, I would heartily recommend. All the others are good, and they all kind of subtly tie into each other. Like Bloodshot and Harbinger are basically like two halves of the same book because they deal with a lot of the same storyline. But like all the others are quite, you could read without knowing anything about them. Most of Exo Man of War takes place in like 500 AD so far. But yeah, it's super good. I'd recommend Valiant Comics to anyone. We've hit our hour time cap. Yeah, uh, I went over, but still, so yeah, I'd, I'd recommend Valley to anyone. I'm currently reading Shadow Man by them too. I forgot to mention artifact added progression and free packs that you can earn for playing by playing. Mm -hmm. um, they also changed the way that they're balancing cards. Before they said they weren't going to do this, but they're buying back cards after they tweak them. You think that they suck? So. Huh more reasons why artifact is a great game and the fact that you can get free packs means i'll probably play it again now yeah i'm kind of interested in trying it out it is still not free to play however you can earn right. packs in the game yeah like uh the fact that you could only buy packs after also having bought into that game was probably the bit that annoyed me the most yeah um, we'll see. i hope it doesn't uh screw up the they're, the way that they're fi they're keeping it from screwing up the marketplace is um, you can only earn a certain number of packs per season. So it's not like Hearthstone mm -hmm. where you can earn an unlimited amount of packs. The biggest mm -hmm. problem with free packs in that game is that like having a black hole of stuff that spits money into the economy without anything, without a cost associated to it can really m screw with the value of certain cards. Mm -hmm. But given that they're capping it at 15 packs per season, that 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 might solve that problem. Cool. Uh, I might play Magic the Gathering Arena. But... Uh, I like that game a lot too. Um, so it's 
tough because I like both of those games very much, and Magic Arena is like the best iteration of Magic Online. They're two of the. We'll put it this way: they're two of the three best card games, in my opinion, ever made. <laughs> so, like, the trying to choose which one to play is is tough. Because uh, the third Arena best one is Rick and Morty Munchkin. Mm-hmm. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! Does anyone else like? Oh, like sorry. Someone's saying, it's like someone's saying to Alex, the Sword Art Online is the best anime ever made. Um. Okay. Let's end this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, thanks everyone for listening to the podcast. That was a nice, good, short, quick one. So uh, if you've been listening for a while and you're like, why don't all my friends listen to this podcast? This is a good one to give them because they can get a beginning, middle, and end pretty quickly. I think they should listen to the eight-hour podcast we did last weekend. Yeah, then make them listen to that straight afterwards. And make sure you stare them in the eyes the whole time while they listen. Yeah, yeah that, that's the most important part. If there's anything you should do... Anytime anyone says Yakuza 6. <laughs> or Forgotten Man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like we go and gets cut no, the you pour one out. Yeah, exactly. You pour out a shot <laughs> <laughs> into your friend's mouth. Slash eyes. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. Um, uh, yes, it's uh, yeah. Andre's not here this week, which is why it back to back to the second string. Bad segues. <laughs> All right. He was Let's end this podcast. That, Before I go, that, that man was awake for like forty hours yesterday. Yeah, he was yeah. awake for a long time. And That's how I felt at the end of the game of the year podcast. <laughs> I can't sleep in, so I was up at like seven a.m. that day. Yep. Mm. Yeah, but you didn't. You weren't on planes the whole time. Not that I'm no. sympathetic. <laughs> and I did eat a lot of pizza during the podcast while we were recording. Hell yeah! They don't serve pizza on planes. What? Not even on international flights. Why? Oh, that sucks. I don't know. I feel like the only food available on planes should be pizza. It's easy to eat. You can use your hands. It probably wouldn't smell great. The, yeah, smell that would be. That'd be rough. Pizza smells very good, though. Yeah, but pizza smells good because if you order a pizza that has things on it that you think smell good. Well, everyone gets cheap pizza. Sure, I'm fine with that. I wouldn't want to sit on a plane where there's like sausage pizzas everywhere because, like, to me, that smells gross. Yeah. Everyone gets cheese. That's it. That's fine oh. with me. All right, we'll start a new airline. Yeah. Sounds good. Cheese pizza airline. Pizza. Pizza. Yeah. We've done so. an extraordinarily <laughs> poor job of ending the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, you can find us all on the internet pretty easily. Um, Pat, where, how would you like people to interact with you? <laughs> you can get your interactions in on Twitter, or you can find me at Just Your PC. Allison, uh, you can also find me on Twitter at W R I T E R S E R E N Y T Y. Or you could just go into who uh, Pat and I follow and like tweet from. If you can't remember how to spell that afterwards. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> um, also Twitter at Erica A I R E H C U H. Alex? You can find me at myanimelist.net slash anime list slash mom spaghetti. <laughs> I will. And um, you can find me uh, on the gram. Uh, but also on Twitter <laughs> at, at SGCH. You can find me on most social networks at SGCH. Is on the gram a real thing? Oh, God, yes. What? Am I out of touch? <laughs> yes, you <laughs> are. You're not on the gram, are you, Alex? No. Oh, there you go. I'm on the panel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone should Google fake gram sponsors Instagram or face, fake brand sponsors Instagram. Because uh, it's fucked up. That platform should get nuked from the earth. <laughs> I love Instagram, though, so please don't. How else was she? I pictures of my cats. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll speak to you next week. <laughs> Bye. 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 Such a clinical podcast. Bye. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be started, it's got to be finished, and somebody's going to do it. It was me this time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Axel, enjoy your movie. Bye. 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 Bye.